Scott Wheeler's Airplay, where we go behind the scenes to meet and talk to some of your favorite radio and television personalities that you listen to and watch on a daily basis. My name is Scott Wheeler. We are live now on Peoria Life's Facebook page. You can see this episode and past episodes too at PeoriaLife.com, also Peoria Life's Facebook page, Peoria Life's YouTube channel, and also our friends at Peoria TV, Channel 17, the i3 broadband system. My guest today, she isn't going to like that I'm going to say this, but my <laughs> kids used to listen to her on 98.5 The Party, but she has rocked on. It's Anna Kincaid from 105.7 The X, my guest today on Airplay. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me. Good morning. Yeah. So, uh, do you not like it when people say, uh, uh, I grew up listening to you, or, because I get this all the time, so welcome to the club, Anna. I know, I'm, I'm starting to uh, get that a lot these days, um, and I just tell everybody, I started when I was 15. There you go. Been doing this since I was 15. <laughs> I think that's more the thing, it's the age factor, it's like, oh my gosh, have I really been here for 20 years? It's insane. Well, when you mentioned that off the air, I, I even kind of did a double take, it has been about 20 years since you came from Minnesota? I actually came from Decatur. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was at Cromwell Decatur uh -huh. and I got promoted to Peoria, Cromwell, Peoria. <laughs> Where and it smells just a little better, but yeah, not much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I did grow up in Minnesota. <laughs> so, um, was Decatur then your first radio stop? No. No, no. you got a journey. So take me back to the beginning. Uh, my first job. Now, when you go to college broadcasting school, uh -huh. they talk a lot, a lot about this history of where everybody starts. And I uh -huh. started exactly where they said, very small town, middle of nowhere, Minnesota, country AM radio station. Wow, you got tape of that? <laughs> <laughs> Doing lost dog reports and obituary yes. reports. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, that's where I started. And uh, uh, yeah, I think I have tapes, but I will not go back and listen to those. No, 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 no. I do remember, though, I was a yeller when I first started. I was one of those people that talked very loudly. Uh, so, that's the one thing I remember of those days. And I was like, man, I'm so glad I did this in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, uh -huh. instead of someplace like Peoria. <laughs> So um, after the little country AM, was it then Decatur, or did you make some other stuff? No, I had another job in a little bit bigger college town in Minnesota. Uh -huh. I got fired after three days. Yes, so, I know. What'd you do? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think I. I just didn't mesh with people. Uh -huh. I think there was some people a little threatened by a female coming in mm -hmm. who was making a little bit more money and. Mm -hmm. There was getting, getting fired in radio is kind of a badge of honor. I mean, yeah, it, it happens to us all. And that's exactly <laughs> what I said. I'm like, well, it lasted three days. I finally got that fired badge. So, um, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't too upset about it. I moved back home, and I think I lived back home for uh, maybe three months, and then I got the job in Decatur, and I moved to Decatur on Christmas Day of 1998. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. My parents and I woke up Christmas morning, like, at 5 a.m. and <laughs> drove down to Illinois. Where is this Decatur? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. South of Chicago, north of St. Louis, somewhere. That's exactly what my dad was like, what is this town? And I think the first thing he said is it stunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> We all pay our dues. We do. We do. Yeah. So um, 
the the first station then in Peoria was indeed the party. It was. <laughs> 985 the party. Yeah, so you were back then playing uh, top 40 music and Yes. <laughs> yes, Backstreet Boys yeah. and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, did you like that? Did you oh, cuz now you're you're on a rock station for sure and you're rocking hard. Was that a was that an adjustment to to play that kind of music? Did you kind of have to step into a character? Or? No, I actually I I grew up with that type of music. Growing uh -huh. up in Minnesota, I actually I liked all types of music. Mm -hmm. I loved Garth Brooks, but I also loved Aerosmith and Motley Crue. Mm -hmm. But I also liked uh, the boy bands mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So um, my internship was actually at legendary KDWB oh in goodness. Minneapolis. Yes. So, and that's a top 40 station, uh -huh. legendary station in Minnesota. Yep. Um, so I've been around that music. So mm -hmm. I was happy to work for uh, a top 40 station. Mm -hmm. Um, I was comfortable there, and I enjoy. I enjoyed it. I think that was really a good place for me to kind of put my statement in Peoria. Mm -hmm. I think that's really where people started to recognize me from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was actually a little bit more of an adjustment going to the X because mm -hmm. back then they were 99X right. and Peoria's alternative station. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew a little bit about it, but I was kind of out of touch with that because I was more of that 80s rock and roll okay. gal. All you right. know, the Motley Crue, yeah. the Skid Row, Def Leppard. I loved those guys. So, like, the stuff that we play on GLO uh -huh. right now is uh -huh. the stuff that I, I grew up with. Mm -hmm. So X was kind of a little bit more out of my comfort zone, but the more I got into it, the more it just became my home. Boy, you sound, you sound like you've been doing it all your life now so <laughs> good education well, way thank to go you. thank you um so uh, backing up to minnesota a little bit is it really s that super cold because everybody talks about mm -hmm. oh i'd never live there the lakes are beautiful in the summer but man it snows you know nine out of 12 months a year is it really i as treacherous as <laughs> i miss minnesota do you um I, the, you know what? The one thing I don't miss is the mosquitoes. Just terrible up really? there. Really? Yes. I, okay. I always laugh. Of all the water. <laughs> I always laugh when people complain about mosquitoes here because, yeah, I get bit by mosquitoes here, but nothing like <laughs> Minnesota. Um, it's beautiful. Um, summers are cooler. It's not as humid there as it is here. It's the one thing that summers get so humid here. It's miserable. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it is very cold in the winter. There is a lot of snow. It's kind of a give and take because here in Peoria and central Illinois, even in just, well, no, probably up in Chicago, you don't get a lot of snow to be able to enjoy the snow activities. Right. You know, like it's very rare that you can go sledding all the time right. or snowmobiling. Mm -hmm. So in Minnesota, you know, we had a snowmobile, we went sledding. I mean, there was always so many outdoor snow activities, mm -hmm. hockey and everything, mm -hmm. ice skating. It just, it made it go by fast because you had so much fun. Like I just remember ice skating in outdoor ponds at our middle school and mm -hmm. just so many fun activities growing up outdoors that you just don't really notice the cold when you live there. Yeah. We're talking with Anna Kincaid from 105.7 The X, which you can hear her in the afternoon. Is it two to seven or three to seven? Three to seven. Three to seven uh, every weekday. So um, off the air, what do you, I, I heard uh, some passion in your voice when you said hockey. <laughs> <laughs> so is uh, the Timberwolves your choice uh, hockey team? Or? Well, that's actually basketball. Oh, see? Good. Thanks. <laughs> School me. <laughs> What's the hockey team? Uh, the Minnesota hockey team is the Wild. 
wild. Right? And they actually weren't in Minnesota when I left Minnesota. Okay. That was when Minnesota was on a hiatus of a hockey team. Mm -hmm. They were the North Stars. Right. And I was a North Stars that growing up fan. <laughs> and then they got sold to Dallas. And I was just like, I'm done with hockey. I'm done. Not watching it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I moved to Illinois, Minnesota still hadn't had a hockey team. But they were talking about getting the wild or they were really close to getting the wild. I didn't get back into hockey until I moved to Peoria. Aha. Uh -huh. So if you're in Illinois, which, are you a blues fan or is that where it goes <laughs> or Blackhawks? Or <laughs> well, so I moved to Peoria in May of 2000. If you remember something that happened in May 2000, the Peoria Rivermen won the Kelly Cup. Good, good year to move here. Yes, and they knew that I was a hockey fan, and they, they took me to a game and some of the stuff. The very first interview I did was with B.J. Stone, uh -huh. and I was incredibly nervous because I didn't know anything about this town, this hockey team, and they were like, this is a huge <laughs> deal. They're about to win the championship, and I'm like, and you're going to have me interview them. <laughs> they're like, don't worry. B.J. is a professional. He'll handle everything, and B.J. was the one who said, you need to come to a game, and I went to a game, and it was I was just blown away, yeah. and that's when they were affiliated with the blues yep. so uh -huh. so blues you are i am a huh? st louis blues girl <laughs> through and through <laughs> so um you guys uh the, the type of radio station you work for you're uh, very in touch with new music and um probably the the local music scene i want to talk a little bit about the music scene in peoria because i'm not as in touch with it is it healthy is it Vibrant now, do you think? Are there a lot of good, talented musicians in Peoria and bands that we, or is it kind of a kind of slow going right now? I'm gonna be honest. I'm yep. old now, yep. <laughs> so I'm not as in touch <laughs> as I used to be. Um, but we still have a two-hour local music show every yeah. Sunday night. It's yeah. actually hosted by Bella, mm -hmm. who is a local musician. Mm. And I thought I overheard him saying they were recording something. And Bella, we're so lucky to have him at the radio station because he is a local music person. Mm -hmm. He's kind of uh, an icon in Peoria when it comes to rock and roll music. Everybody mm -hmm. knows who he is. And mm -hmm. he, obviously, being in a local band, has the inside scene on everything. So we love having him host that show. But from based on this show, how long Local Anesthetic has been around mm -hmm. and the bands that I do interact with I think Peoria's music scene is still healthy I mean we have always been a rock town yeah. and we've produced rock talent from here mm -hmm. and I won't be surprised if we continue to produce more it's really interesting how it's changed I mean it used to be you know people would go to peak and record a record or whatever and now you can basically do it in a hotel room or a bedroom or you know the back office or whatever yep. and, and the whole marketing of music to mm -hmm. be discovered and get your product out there has changed, hasn't it? Right, like YouTube makes yeah. stars every day. Yeah, it's 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 wild to me that um, you know it used to be such a process with record companies and so forth, and that middle person has been removed, mm -hmm. and it's kind of just the band and the the consumer of the music. Right. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and just getting that out there, whatever means you can do it, and like I said, YouTube is producing stars daily. Yeah. So uh, when you're not playing radio, what else do you like to do besides going to hockey games? <laughs> um, I, I always tell everybody I'm super boring. I, I, at least no I way. feel I'm boring. <laughs> um, I'm a dog mom. I've got, yes. a, I've got a very high energy dog. Uh, what kind? I, he is a Borador, which is a Lab and Border Collie mix. Ah, oh he's, my goodness. He's uh, two years old. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> um, 
but he's very, very high energy. Uh, so I have to put a lot of time into him. I can't imagine combining a border collie that's bred to run around and chase, uh, you know, get cows in line or whatever, with a lab that is also high strung. I have a lab, a lab so. Wow. Yeah. But you know what? He's a great mix. I mean, you, you see the both breeds and him uh, so well. So I spend just a lot of time um, making sure he's getting what he needs. Aren't they great? Yeah, Our they are. Great. Yeah. And he's the best. And you know what? He's a really good dog. He is very high energy, but I give him what he needs. So that's why he is so good. So I do. I devote a lot of time to him. Um, I love to go to the gym. So I'm a runner. Um, I also, on the side, teach group fitness classes at the really? Riverplex. Yeah, okay. I've been doing that for quite a while. So I enjoy being at the gym. And uh, just, it, uh, it depends also on the seasons. You know, mm -hmm. hockey season, it's definitely all about <laughs> going to hockey games and stuff. Um, in the warmer months, I just like to be outdoors. Like, I like to go hiking, mm -hmm. um, you know, even just, like, going to Grandview or a park and just reading a book and hanging out. Um, Have you ever done, um, like, a run? A, a, a big, big time run like a St. Jude run or any uh, of those? I've actually been a St. Jude runner for seven years now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do big, you do the Memphis one? Or? No, I actually have done the Chicago to Peoria one for several years just this past year. Now, see, that one doesn't get as much attention. No, it doesn't. I no. bet there are folks who don't even know there's a Peoria or Chicago to Peoria St. Jude run. Yeah, no, yeah. there is. Yep. Yeah. So I've done that one for several years. This last year I did the Metamora one mm -hmm. um, because the Chicago one is a 36-hour one. So we'll actually have RVs that we stay in. I run with the Peoria Police Department. Okay. And we had lost our RVs and our RV drivers. Um, one of them is Jeff Lauer, who mm -hmm. got elected the Tazewell County Sheriff. So yeah. he obviously he had to commit to those duties. Sure. Um, so we lost our RVs and our drivers, and we just kind of felt that if we were to still get RVs, it would take away from the purpose, which is raising money for St. Jude's. So sure. we just switched to a different run. Uh -huh. So we can still raise money, and it goes to the cause instead of letting us do a longer run. Yeah. yeah. So I've been doing that for several years. So in your long radio career of 20 years when you started when you were 15, <laughs> what's the, what do you think is the most impactful thing you've been a part of, either a promotion or a contest or experience with a listener, something that you will always remember, and had it not been for radio, you wouldn't have had that experience? It's St. Jude, actually. Really? It's okay. funny that you say that. Um, with St. Jude, I was able to go to Memphis, mm -hmm and tour the hospital. And I got to do that courtesy of the radio station. Mm -hmm. So, um, cause we're also a dream home partner. Right. And with that campaign, you know, obviously they wanted you to tour the hospital mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And with my history with the run, they asked if I would go. And my very first trip to Memphis, I met a family from Streeter. Okay. And um, the girl that had cancer that was getting treatment there, her name is Regan. And uh, we were doing our interviews with them, asking their mom, Jessica, you know, questions about their experience in Memphis. And all of a sudden, she's like, wait a minute. Are you Anna Kincaid from 105.7 The X? <laughs> and we start laughing. We're like, yeah. And she completely got starstruck. And so it was wow. really, first it was weird to me to see that. Um, <laughs> but then it was kind of cool. So she really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Eight months later, when I was doing my fundraising for the St. Jude run, I tried to get back in contact with that family 
to see what they were up to and see how Reagan was doing mm. with her cancer. And I found out the devastating news that um, they had stopped treatment, mm. um, that at this point there was just nothing that they could do. Mm. And it was very short after that that she had passed away. Wow. And um, I went to her funeral and there's there's just nothing that'll hit you more than seeing a six-year-old in a coffin. Yeah. I mean, it is by far the worst image I've ever seen in my life. Mm. And it just hit me and it just did something to me. And I was just, I can't, I can't let, I have to do what I can do. I mean, mm. I can run. I have that talent. Mm. I have a radio station that's mm. pretty powerful. I've been here for a long time. This is something that I can do. Sure. This is something I can get behind even more. And this is where I can go big. I mean, I think my first year fundraising, I raised a little over 2000. Um, my most amount I've raised in a year has been over 12. Fantastic. So wow. um, <laughs> that experience really stepped it up. And now I've actually become really close with that family. Mm -hmm. um, we meet every year at the, the telethon. We take mm -hmm. our pictures. Um, Reagan has a younger sister. Her name is Adriana. And I really latched onto her because I also lost my sister, not to cancer, but, you know, I know what it's like to lose a sibling. Mm -hmm. So I kind of really latched onto her, just wanting her to know that she's not alone, mm -hmm. you know, she knows somebody else who lost a sister. Um, and like, I'll just send them gifts throughout the years and just always keep in touch with them. And that's definitely probably the biggest thing I'm so grateful for with radio is being able to have these opportunities to meet people and connections and... Gosh, and you've really sunk your teeth in yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And it became even more personal because you were on your own cancer journey, as yes. I understand. Yes. Tell me about that. So it's been seven years, okay. but I was diagnosed with uh, stage 1B cervical cancer mm -hmm. when I was 35 years old. Um, and it actually really came out of the blue. Um, I had 15 years of normal exams. Um, never had any reason to believe that anything was ever wrong. I was in the best ha health shape condition I've ever been in. I mean, I'd I been running that all the time. Yeah, I've been running marathons, half marathons, training with my dog. Um, I think when I found out, actually, I was signed up for a marathon because um, I found out in early spring of whatever year that was, seven years ago, um, I found out in the spring and I'd already signed up for a fall marathon that year. And, um, but I went in for my, just my yearly normal exam, mm. came back abnormal, um, which that's happened to me before. It had been 15 years, but it's happened before. So it was, again, it was no concern. Like, okay, I'll go in for the next exam and that'll mm. come back fine. Went in for the next exam. That one didn't come back fine. Um, then I had to have another procedure done. And then that one was the one that confirmed that I had cancer. Um, and it's it's totally like what you see on TV shows and movies when you hear you have cancer where you hear that buzz in your ear and everything just kind of goes fuzzy and you feel like this in and out. Yep. Like that's exactly how I felt. Yep. And they're throwing all these terms at you in numbers and stages and oncologists going, and going yep. in one ear mm -hmm. out the other and you have to go back and now well, what did you say? Right. Yeah. Oh. So um once I met my oncologist, um, they staged me, and it was at stage 1B, which was a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, that meant I just had to have a complete radical hysterectomy. Um, and then they were going to do lymph node removal. I think they planned on doing, I think there was like 8 or 12 lymph nodes, lymph nodes that they were going to remove during the surgery. Um, I had it 
abnormally, so the old-fashioned way. Oh, boy. Um, and but they got everything mm -hmm. and i actually because of the fact that i was a marathon runner and in very good shape i mean i bounced back pretty good, quick yeah. um i mean it still took a long time to completely recover mm -hmm. and you know now you have the menopause and all that kind of stuff yeah. but um the recovery was easier than i expected um i have always been extremely grateful that i knew i didn't want children mm. um I just, it's something I've known my whole life. And I really think that God has a purpose for everything and makes you the way that you are for a reason. And I just look back onto this. If had I wanted kids, mm. it, it would have killed me. Yeah. And I'm just grateful that it was me over somebody else yeah. um, because I, I, I could handle it. I could take it. Mm. And so I'm grateful for that experience. And I just try to look at it through that way um, and share the story, how important it is to get those yearly exams and watch your health. Because again, no signs, no symptoms. And then just a few short weeks or short years later, um, I lost a coworker to cervical cancer. So it, it really hit me um, on that aspect. And then um, what made me focus that experience more towards St. Jude is obviously I knew kind of some of the procedures, but I was lucky. I just had surgery. There was no chemo. There was no radiation. I was so lucky it was just a surgery. Um, but I remember when I finally got all my bills in the mail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it took me over two years to pay it off. And I just had surgery. So I really used that knowledge and thought, well, man, with St. Jude, where these kids are very sick, and it's not just surgery, it's years of right. treatment and chemos and radiations and surgeries and therapies and all sorts of stuff that go with it, and they don't get a bill. Right. And when I was diagnosed, once everything kind of came into focus, that was my first thought. Mm. How am I going to pay for this? Right. And that's sad. Mm -hmm. You should never, ever have to think how am I going to pay to save my life mm -hmm. ever? Mm -hmm. Nobody. It doesn't matter right. if you're a kid or adult. You should right. never have to right. say, how am I going to pay to save my life? Um, and that's where it really pushed me to devote more to St. Jude because they take that away. Mm -hmm. I mean, the families don't have to think, what, how am I going to save my child's life? Right. I don't have the money. Mm -hmm. Well, here comes St. Jude and you don't even see a bill. So yeah, that, I used the whole experience to even push that even further. Well, I know this is a radio show, uh, but I really appreciate uh, your openness about the St. Jude family that you've been involved with and the organization and then your own journey as well. I think, as you said, God kind of takes that and puts those two things together and says, okay, Anna, here's your purpose. Yep. Um, and that's cool that you shared that. Thank you. No, you're welcome. That. Well, we're out of time, um, <laughs> but that's okay. We'll have you back sometime. It's Anna Kincaid from 105.7 The X. You can hear her from 3 to 7, Monday through Friday on the radio station, and uh, you'll see her at a hockey game. I guarantee it. Uh, this has been uh, Airplay. I'm Scott Wheeler. We'll talk to you next Tuesday around 10 a.m. as we are on Peoria Life's Facebook page, live every Tuesday at 10, and then also their YouTube channel and Peoria TV, which is channel 17 on the i3 broadband system. If you're on the go, don't forget about Apple Podcasts, too. Till next time, thanks for watching Airplay. PeoriaLife.com.